BSD Now, episode 505, BSD Desktop Setup, recorded on the 12th of April 2023. This episode of BSD Now is brought to you by Tarsnap. Go to tarsnap.com slash bsdnow to find online backup for truly paranoid people. And if you want to support this show in one way or the other, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bsdnow. And we thank you in advance for that. Hello, we are your hosts, Benedict Reuschling. And Alan Jude. Welcome, a new episode, and hopefully this episode finds you well. We are quite happy to record this one because, hey, we have great stuff for you as always. Uh, the first one is from the OpenBSD camp, because you've probably heard this by now, OpenBSD 7.3 has been released. Yep, uh, the OpenBSD project today announced the release and general availability of OpenBSD 7.3. Eagerly anticipated by users, engineers, and enthusiasts, um, it has a bunch of improvements, including improved hardware support, especially on ARM64 variants and various network and graphics driver updates. Improved general and network performance due to the steadily improving multi-core support for their network stack, and more flexible network configuration, which now supports the link local address based config, and they have a link to see that. Uh, RetGuard on AMD64 system calls to make sure that the return address doesn't get modified. Uh, enhanced memory and process security. The relinking of all network exposed daemons at boot time so that each computer's copy of those is randomized. The execute only or X only feature, um, improved uh, version of OpenSSH 9.3, as well as the latest LibreSSL 3.7.2 and OpenBGPD 7.9. Mm-hmm. And uh, their installer now has support for their disk encryption. And the Mesa shader cache is now enabled in their uh, build of X11. There's uh, lots more details in the detailed change log or the list of OpenBSD innovations. But all recently modern architectures have complete install sets and binary packages already up on the mirrors. Yeah, I guess a couple of people have installed it already and uh, quite like it. Of course, there's uh, the usual OpenBSD swag available to support the project financially and uh, donations as well. So definitely do that. Yes. And for the first time since OpenBSD 7.0, there's also a release song, mm-hmm. The Wizard and the Fish. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's, that's usually a couple of nice uh, 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 lyrics in there. All right, uh, that is OpenBSD. And you'll find more, of course, in the detailed um, release notes. But uh, this next one is probably exciting. All the BSD users and uh, well, developers even. BSD can schedule has been posted on the website, finally. And yes. Yeah, there it is. So BSD can will be in Ottawa, Canada. May 17th to the 20... Four days. 20th? Yeah. No, to the 20th. Um, so they'll start with the uh, tutorials. So the first tutorial is configuring management solutions for FreeBSD system administrators and ELF binaries and things that happen before the main function. Then there's OpenBSD storage management and network management with the OpenBSD packet filter toolset and a newcomer's orientation and uh, membership for BSDCAN. For those who have never been to the conference, but 
thinking about going. You should definitely go, right? The registration yes, uh, is already open. So. Yes, if it's if it's your first time at a BSD conference, I highly recommend the newcomers orientation session. And if you've been there plenty and plenty of times, I recommend you go and help some of the new people. Yeah, why not? So then Friday, the conference uh, main starts uh, with a short opening session by Dan Langill. And then we have solar monitoring for BSD, open BSD system calls, and the beam porting FreeBSD's Wi-Fi stack to NetBSD, uh, porting FreeBSD to Firecracker, uh, Amazon's small VM platform, SmartX OS, and FreeBSD extending the bootloader with a theming system, uh, and homebrew security alerts with Dtrace. Uh, and we also have Clash of the Package Managers, uh, PEP 517 edition. So this is, uh, I think, probably to do with Python. <laughs> uh, making FreeBSD quick, which is a UDP-based network protocol, and SysPack, helper toolkit for sysadmins and developers based on BSD Make. Then during the lunch break, uh, I'll be running a ZFS Birds of a Feather session. So if you have questions or just want to talk to a bunch of people about ZFS, we'll be having a little ZFS gathering uh, over the lunch break. Then after lunch on the first day, we have performance analysis of Dtrace on FreeBSD and eBBF on Linux. So having a little bake-off between those two. Uh, advanced ptrace usage on FreeBSD and TPM emulation with Beehive. So if you have to do a trusted platform module in Beehive, uh, how that works. Then we have kind of the closing keynote for the day is GUnion, a new job utility for FreeBSD kernel. Uh, and this basically allows you to do tools for doing recovery of hard drive images. Oh, it's yeah. Actually really interesting. Interesting. Useful. So, yeah. Uh, Imagine something kind of like a, a layered or union file system, but at the block level rather than at the VFS level. And then a special treat uh, in the kind of afternoon of the first day of the main conference, there will be a live recording of BSD episode 512. Or BSD Now episode 512. Yeah. With all of us, right? Yep. All, all, all of the hosts will be there. Then Saturday, we have building reproducible system setups with FreeBSD and Ansible. If underscore OpenVPN or OVPN, uh, doing OpenVPN's data channel offload in the FreeBSD kernel. And then Jitsi on OpenBSD, Puffy presents video conferencing. Then we have creating a memory safe workstation with CherryBSD and disk encryption in NetBSD. Uh, next up is add operating modes to WTAP, BSD for research, writing, and teaching in the liberal arts and BSD driver harmony, uh, which is an effort to try to get uh, drivers to be more compatible between all the BSDs to avoid duplicating work. Then we'll have our lunch break. Uh, there may be some boffs that get added uh, to that lunch break at some time, because uh, that's kind of BSD can tradition. But uh, after the break, we're back with using segmentation to build a capability-based single address space operating system using vt-ime, the input method editor for FreeBSD's VT virtual terminal, uh, the FreeBSD appliance leveraging FreeBSD and strategic scripting to deliver storage appliances, kboot, booting FreeBSD with Linux boot, and then finally hardening the OpenBSD hypervisor. And then we'll have the famous BSD can closing session and auction. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. So, uh, by the time this episode comes out, registration should be open. Uh, so do get out there. 
and register and we hope to see you there. Yeah, definitely get in touch with the people who are building your favorite operating systems, whatever BSD it is, and talk to people what they are working on, offer help, testing, or have just have a good time. This is all the conference is about. All right. Next up, uh, we have another Clara Systems article about accelerating data center energy efficiency by leveraging FreeBSD as your server OS. So if you've never heard about a data center, these are large facilities that house computer systems and other electronic equipment that are used to store, process, and transmit data. These facilities are critical components of the modern digital economy, as we've learned during the pandemic, but they also consume vast amounts of energy. In fact, data centers are estimated to ex- account for around 1% of global electricity consumption, and that figure is projected to grow as digital technologies continue to expand. Looking at you, chat GPT. <clears throat> Dealing with a new era of energy efficiency, given the significant energy consumptions of data centers, there is a growing recognition that these facilities need to be designed and operated with energy efficiency in mind. Uh, This is where our data center energy goals come into play. These goals are typically established by data center operators, by governments or industry groups that seek to encourage energy efficient practices in the data center industry. And so then... Or, you know, as we've seen with uh, unexpected changes in energy prices... If the price of electricity triples, then suddenly energy efficiency becomes a much bigger priority than it was before. Yeah, it's not only for your home data center, right? You shut off a couple more machines that you would normally would. Uh, but here they talk about, can operating systems really play a role in limiting the energy consumption? And they list four points, power management, virtualization, resource allocation, and performance optimization, right? If you have something done quicker by optimizing the performance, for example, then it doesn't need as much electricity as it would when it's slower. So uh, nice. I like the headline, Make Room, FreeBSD is here to help. So how does FreeBSD tackle the energy conversion? One way that it can help to reach data centers' energy goal is by providing a stable and efficient platform for running servers and other data center infrastructure. Additionally, because it's open source, it allows for customization and optimization of the operating system to better fit the specific needs of a data center and potentially reduce energy consumption. Also, the power management feature in FreeBSD, such as CPU frequency scaling and PowerD, can help to reduce energy consumption when there is not much uh, going on on the system at the moment. Yeah, and then it digs into a deeper dive in FreeBSD's memory management and how that can help, uh, but also optimizing CPU usage for more efficiency and digging into anything else we can do to make FreeBSD uh, more energy efficient and get more out of your data center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so check out the whole article and get starting saving some watts, watt hours, even. <laughs> the news roundup this week has the following bits in there. FreeBSD, how to install the Cinnamon as a desktop environment, because this is a kind of a desktop-heavy episode we found, so that's uh, something people want to check out. And this one is about installing Cinnamon as a desktop. Uh, Cinnamon is another desktop environment available to choose from on BSD after having previously presented KDE 5 uh, and XFCE on the same block here. They will be focusing on this one now, Cinnamon. And it's fairly straightforward. Do a package install Cinnamon, LightDM, LightDM GDK Greeter, and XORG. And then you enable DBus and LightDM in your RCConf. Uh, proc file system also needs to be activated in the ETCFS tab and mounted. 
And then finally, enter the following command, which is uh, ck-launch session cinnamon-session into your exit RC, so that when you start, uh, when you run start X, that it will come up right the way it should be. And that's all that you really need to do to get cinnamon started. Quite straightforward. And it has a nice desktop environment for people who want to do a little bit of mouse pushing around. Nice intro. And we have another article about another desktop uh, of sorts or <laughs> window manager, Xmonad. FreeBSD setup from the scratch. Yeah. Um, so this is a post over on the FreeBSD forums. It's actually a, a YouTube video and a link to uh, a GitHub with the dot files for it. So they say, I recently switched from using DWM to using Xmonad. And after a few videos, uh, I made a few videos about setting up Xmonad on FreeBSD. And then walk through their video on how to set it up and also provide links to their dot file repo so that you can actually see their exact configuration and, and make it look the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were a couple of comments on it. Uh, so there's a healthy exchange between uh, the forum users. Nice. I mean, yeah. There's no one big desktop that's one for everyone. So there's plenty of choices out there and we just cover a couple of them and people should try them out and see what they like best and just run with that, right? <laughs> then we have something interesting. A burger without the E, uh, B-U-R-G-R, books in your terminal. So I wasn't aware of that, <laughs> but uh, it's on Blob's blog. And it goes, I spent most of my time writing code in a full screen terminal. I like to read books on my breaks, and I'm a big fan of Project Gutenberg, which has over 70,000 books freely available. Note, these are legal copyright ones. Remember those? <clears throat> I wrote Burger, B U R G R, a program to browse and search a catalog of available books. Ah, download and manage my personal library and read these books from within the comfort of the terminal. Uh, I can work away programming, take a break, and switch instantly to another Tmux pane where I have Burger waiting to continue reading where I left off. I wrote this for my own use, so perhaps the UI is a bit idiosyncratic, but I like it. See, uh, there's another post, I'm the only user. Uh, books are downloaded from mirrors of the Project Gutenberg site, not the site itself, so meeting their terms. Uh, the catalog can be downloaded and updated as new books are released by running Burger within the update command. There are some screenshots to give us a bit of an idea. Uh, here's this Moby Dick, of course, and uh, yeah, a couple more modern ones. So there's probably something that you haven't read before. Uh, and yeah, looks good. So now that you know, oh, it would be nice to have a, a port for this one, right? Burger should be something uh, for the wanted port section in the FreeBSD wiki where you can put ports that you want to have ported if it's not available right away. Uh, the code is available on their... Where is the code? Is there no link to the... Is there no GitHub something? Or am I missing that? Huh, strange. But I guess it, uh, it's available on the... Uh, if you On demand if you ask them. Cool. That's Burger on the terminal. Uh, moving on to the pros and cons of FreeBSD for virtual servers. Yeah, this is an interesting article from HostSellIt. And they say, FreeBSD is a free operating uh, system that's Unix-like. Over its lifetime, the operating system has become popular as a server platform. And one of the most important features of FreeBSD is its reliability as a virtual server. For example, Netflix and Sony use FreeBSD to power their servers. And in this article will discuss the benefits of FreeBSD, its features, and the advantage of using it for a VPS. And they start out with the history, back when BSD started in the 70s. 
uh, and talking about through the invention of TCP IP and all the way up into modern times. And they note that as of this writing, there are 13 released versions of the operating system, and they actually start back at version one. I don't know that we need to recap that, but right. after after four, they jump to eight, and that's when we start to see interesting stuff like vImage and uh, ZFS being full production ready, and USB three and so on, and then FreeBSD thirteen uh, with its you know latest release dropping just this week. And then also the development releases, the fact that there's actually the 14th version of FreeBSD that's currently in the works. And they say, but say FreeBSD is well-suited for those who want a relatively affordable dedicated server with stable software protected from malware and hackers. Uh, FreeBSD makes intelligent use of computer resources, supports modern hardware, and allows the use of various bits of software. The main advantage of the operating system is that it was always been created as a server platform. Hmm. It is a monolithic operating system. Each of its elements is controlled uh, from the single source tree, and uh, among the, uh, to summarize, FreeBSD offers many unique features. It is flexible enough to be customized to suit any requirement, and it offers advanced networking features, superior performance, security, and compatibility uh, not found in other operating systems to date. The openness of the operating system means that it's constantly evolving and improving. Oh yeah, we can we can attest to that. Um, yeah, it's a nice summary of the history and what BSD is and what FreeBSD and what it's doing. So yeah, nice write up. BSD now is sponsored by Tarsnap. Everyone needs backups, and Tarsnap ensures that your backups are not only safe but also secure. Your data is encrypted on your device before being sent to the cloud, so that only you have the ability to read your data. Tarsnap takes your data and works out what data is duplicated so that bandwidth can be saved. It then assembles your data into compressed blocks, encrypts them with your local private key that never leaves your system, and then uploads those encrypted blocks to the cloud. So even if someone is able to obtain your backed up data in the cloud, they will not be able to decrypt it and access your files. Tarsnap is easy to use. If you can use Tar, then you can use Tarsnap. Tarsnap is prepaid, so you never have to worry about an unexpected bill. Tarsnap is fully open source, allowing you to inspect the code to make sure that it does what we say it does. Tarsnap also does bug bounties if you find errors in the code. With clients on all major platforms, there's no excuse to not have good backups. Go to tarsnap.com to learn more. All right. Uh, we are quick this time, but we have already reached the feedback and questions section. This is where you can uh, interact with us, with the show, send us something that you found on the web, which is BSD-related or Unix, computer history, any kind of questions that fit in this episode or future ones. Um, and this first one is from Reese about Dan's interview that we did recently, which was popular. And uh, we got this one. Love the interview. I miss him from the TechSnap show. Love his blog too. Thank you guys so much for this show. Great. Love that you uh, <laughs> were finding it nice and uh, that we have another interview uh, after a while. My obsession with BSD helps me with other life issues. Oh, okay. I recently started working again after two years away from health stuff. Oh, great. Maybe I can make enough money to come to a conference and meet you all. Yes, yes, that would be great. First of all, 
get better, get well enough so that you can travel and meet people. That's the highest priority. And then, yeah, try to make it or, yeah, if it's not this year, then next year, right? There's there's always another conference where we might uh, show up. So, yeah, thank you, Reese. Uh, keep listening and, yeah, you definitely have a, have a chance to find us somewhere. And, uh, yeah, there, there's also Dan in the upcoming BSD can. So, like we covered earlier, so there's plenty of choices. There will be uh, feeds or at least recordings from the talks. And so you have a way of finding Dan doing the, the auction at the end, for example. So that is also something I look forward personally. Okay, so next one is from JJ. And JJ is apparently looking for help with this one. So JJ writes, Hello, I've been following your contents for a while and not too long. Hope I'm not too straightforward. No, not no problem. Your contents are informative and helpful. Well, thanks for the feedback. I uh, A couple of days back when I removed KGPG, uh, package remove KPGP-Y, I seem to have deleted all KDE5. Ah, it yeah, so I would say don't use dash Y uh, and let it say, oh, removing this is a dependency, so I'm going to uninstall all the things that depend on this as well. And very quickly means you're going to install all of K uh, uninstall all of KDE. Yeah. And then you could have said, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> but why? Uh, Answers and yes you to can everything. kind of force it with a dash F to delete just the one thing, but you you still cause problems because KDE depends on that being there. Um, so I would not have recommended removing it, uh, especially it's also not very big and I don't see a re reason to remove it. But uh, yeah, careful using the dash Y flag because it means while it's going to print out what it's going to do, it's also going to just do it without you having a chance to say, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah, you carpet bombed KDE away. Um, but nevertheless, after a boot, STDM wasn't working. Control-Alt-F1 didn't respond. Couldn't get TTY console. Yeah. I tried to edit out rcconf and loadaconf to get TTY to install KDE. I couldn't. However, I could still use changing boot environments from uh, the default one to earlier release. I still couldn't get the STDM or TTY to work in root slash default. Since edit was unsuccessful in single user mode, I even tried. ZFS said read only on that default boot environment from earlier release. No progress yet. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Uh, I think what you'd want to do here is use BECTL mount and then default, and then it'll print you the name of a directory under slash TMP where it's mounted the boot environment you're not using. And then you can go to that subdirectory and edit stuff. Hmm. Uh, and it won't be read only or anything silly. And then uh, you can reboot and try it there. You could even reboot and activate using the T flag so that it's a temporary active boot environment. Right. That'll let you boot into it. So next time you reboot, it'll start the temporary one. Uh, but if it gets stuck and you know you can't get a console, if you just reboot again, it'll go back to what the default is, uh, which hopefully you've set to one that works. Uh, so if you activate one that works and then activate dash T for temporary one that doesn't work, uh, it lets you try it one time. But if it doesn't work, when you reboot, it'll go back to the working ones so that you can always, uh, you know, not have to fight with it in, in order to get back to a working system. Uh, and then, you know, think you fixed it, try it once, see if it works. And if not, go back. Yep. Um, the other option is BECTL has the ability to start your boot environment in a jail. Uh, if you did that, you could probably go in there and package install KDE5 again and let it reinstall all the stuff. Yeah. 
it's a separate environment anyway. And so, yeah, I reached But it that. also depends. You might have problems if your kernel versions are different between those two boot environments or something. Mm. I used that to recently upgrade uh, or do a test upgrade of 13.2 to see if everything works out. And so I had my main system still working and I tested the upgrade in the boot environment. And so I was lucky if I if something went wrong, I could go back to a working one. And if it all goes well, then I activate that one as the new active boot environment then. And I'm, uh, yeah, new in the new world of 13.2. So don't be, uh, you know, discouraged by that. That has happened to, I guess, a lot of people who don't readily uh, admit to it. So this is just a learning thing, right? You ne probably never do this again and just do a couple more safeguards, backups first or snapshots. And so, yeah, don't worry. This is not a problem. You can save yourself. And um, yeah, next time you'll be all the wiser. Uh, is there anything else we could cover? Yeah, it turns out we're really short. Yeah. <laughs> Did I mention that we're not trying to let ChatGPT create this episode or future episodes for us? Hey, ChatGPT, create me a BSD Now show note document with various news from the BSD world that happened in the last week. Um, let's say divided into three sections, headlines, news roundup, and feedback, and create the audience feedback also from random people. And yeah, no, this is not going to happen. This is all live. This is live recording. We've picked the links ourselves. And even the, um, the feedback is from real humans, at, at least as far as we can tell. And that's going to stay this way as far as we <laughs> have to show under our control and not let the robots win. It's good for something. I'm not uh, disputing that. But um, yeah, limited to the things where it should do stuff and not uh, take over the whole world. <laughs> All right. Um, if we don't have anything else, then we don't want to keep you longer. Uh, we'll definitely have another episode next week. Definitely check out BSD Can. Try to go there. It's in presence again. And so why not? make the effort of saying hello and checking out what other BSDs are doing, what everyone else has been working on, hanging out in the evenings. I just have a nice time at the BSD conference. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to having an in-person BSD can again and getting to see a bunch of people. Uh, you know, Euro was really nice, uh, but, you know, after years of not having anything, uh, one conference wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, we kind of, that's our recharging way of getting the bad bsd batteries interesting or charged up again because there's new projects people have new ideas after the conference projects get started projects get finished something gets committed finally people can hash out ideas that they would normally take months and months of email back and forth or irc even so right. and yeah. being uh being closer to my home time zone or in my home time zone uh means i'll have a bit more energy to deal with it all too. there's that yeah <laughs> and yeah if you if people like traveling like i do uh it's a nice change of uh you know scenery and uh yeah it's a nice country to visit anyway all right um that's yeah, it and since it's been a couple of years quite a bit has changed oh yeah yeah let's hope for not another sinkhole or any other catastrophe there but yeah We'll, uh, well luckily because it's in may we won't have the problem with the, the uh transit line being frozen 
like happened earlier Ooh, uh, a couple okay. weeks ago <laughs> yeah freezing rain messed up the overhead wires for the the new train route ah uh, so they couldn't make it out or anyway uh, it's just it's just the like local transit so not mm. not the the long distance train lines are diesel still yeah yeah <laughs> for reasons to uh make things go yeah all right yeah uh that's what i'm looking for what other people are looking for and that's right to do uh for people who can't attend there will be some kind of streaming i guess uh, no promises there but yeah i think um patrick and andrew are working on streaming mm -hmm. so hopefully there'll be something uh but there will be recordings for sure from the talks afterwards yeah a couple of weeks after there will be uh the things you missed and we will cover this uh in the show of course once they are out all right thank you and yeah till next time yes uh, we'll see you next time and remember if you have any questions or comments or content for the show please send that to feedback at bsdnow.tv <laughs> <laughs>